With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know our trusted partner, Tyrac.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Redestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com. That's the way tire buying should be. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Hey, welcome in to the Tuesday podcast. My boy TJ Oshmanzada is going to join us. Super Bowl champion quarterback and CBS NFL analyst Phil Sims, Adam Kaplan, uh, Fox Sports Radio and Sirius XM NFL Insider will join us as, as teams are reporting back to their facilities and guys starting to get their lift on. Plus Casey Johnson, who's a Bulls insider for NBC Sports Chicago and was an insider for the Chicago Tribune going back to when the Bulls were winning championships. But first... Let me give you my perspective on the new Rooney rule and some of the potential new rule that was tabled earlier today. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the wonderful, sunny, 
slowly but surely opening City of Angels. Hope you, your family, your friends are all well as uh, sports getting close, getting close to back to business. NFL, uh, these um, NFL teams allowing players to be back on their premises. Tom Brady working out with the Tomcats his wide receivers in Tampa, a lot of stuff going on. Casey Johnson, Bulls Insider, NBC Sports Chicago is going to join us. Uh, NBC Sports Chicago uh, printed out a uh, a portion of an unfinished memoir from the late Jerry Krause. Does that give greater clarity and understanding for what really took place when the Bulls broke up after the last dance? Plus, Phil Sims will join us. Adam Kaplan who's an NFL insider for SiriusXM, is going to join us. And my man, TJ Hushmanzada, is going to join us. We'll talk uh, all things Kobe, LeBron, Jordan, and, oh yeah, some football with the former Pro Bowl wide receiver. lot to get to. One hour and 20 minutes from right now, Phil Sims will join us. One hour from right now, I, I, will, I will tell you where LeBron was actually better than MJ. Or is better than MJ. All right, but before we get to all of that, let me let me start with this. The NFL tabled tabled the uh, incentive portion of the new Rooney Rule. So here's essentially what the Rooney Rule is. It doesn't say you have to hire African American candidates. It simply says you have to interview one African American candidate for every head coaching position. Now, the new portion of the rule says you have to you have to interview at least two African American candidates. The portion of the adjustment to the Rooney rule which you saw so much pushback from from all over was this incentive laden kind of amendment to the rule where teams would actually gain draft stock if they hired a coach, general manager or quarterback coach. Okay, coach, general manager, or quarterback coach who's a minority, right? So uh, the NFL felt the pushback from the black community, felt the pushback from the coaching community, felt the pushback from the right, from the left, even the middle. It was one of those, you know, when you do a broadcast, you're calling a basketball game or a football game, and you're an analyst, something I, I do, and both fan bases think you're rooting for the other team. You did a great job. When you are trying to pass a rule and everybody thinks it's a bad rule, even if it's a good kind of comes from a good place, that's a sign it's a bad rule. But I'll tell you what the NFL does a really good job of is trying. Trying. I I, I understand that there, there's a lot of downside if this rule ever gets passed. Now, remember, in this politically correct world, they didn't say no chance, no shot, never. They simply tabled it, which means, hey, maybe next year. What the NFL is doing is saying, look, we realize that there's a problem here. These numbers don't look good. We can't be, we can't be the biggest boldest, best professional sport in America and not have a representative ratio of blacks to white in our front office and coaching staff that is in anywhere, nowhere close 
to the representation of minorities on the football field, right? And and what are we told so oftentimes about why women can never really be a coach in the NFL? Well, they never played. Uh, okay. Why aren't former players and their football knowledge being fostered and grown so that they can become the next generation of coaches? And if that's the case, why aren't there more black coaches, right? It's a, it's a reasonable thing. Basketball has a similar ratio, if not even more African-American players, but they also, they don't have this problem, at least in coaching staffs. It's different in the front office. Now, look, I can explain away the front office and go into the, hey, it really does take away, not not a ton of guys that have played, have the, the chance to go and be a scout and climb the ladder, but that is actually changing in basketball. You're seeing Elton Brand. Isaiah Thomas has several times been over, run franchises. Magic Johnson ran a franchise. Michael Jordan ran a franchise, owns a franchise now. Are the numbers perfect and a perfect snapshot of what former basketball players look like? No, but there's also a much wider field of candidates from all races that can be represented in the front office as opposed to in coaching staffs. But players will listen to guys who did it. And it should be pointed out that Sean McVay was a player. John John Gruden was a player, right? And they're the type of players that didn't have the superlative talent, the the superstar talent of others. So they had to have a keen understanding of every different position and every different nuance in order to make it at any level. I, I, I get all that. But if you've ever been in a relationship You want the other person to hear you. It doesn't mean that you can have a dramatic change immediately and drop everything and be somebody you're not. The NFL is always going to be a boys club. It is always going to be a a place where, you know, you, you hire guys, you know, that's any business. And one of the things that I've been a big proponent of the Rooney rule is I think the interviews do help. Because it establishes, breaks down walls and builds relationships. Breaks down walls and builds relationships. And when it does so, when it does so, when it breaks down walls and establishes relationships, you may not get the job that time, but now when somebody else, everybody talks. And for example, Brian Flores wowed people with his interviews a year before he ended up getting the Dolphins job so that when he, the Dolphins job came open, everyone said, you know, it'd be great. Brian Flores. Look, I look at this as a net positive for the NFL. Net positive. They give a little bit more substance to the Rooney rule. The Rooney rule does in fact work, but the numbers haven't lined up recently and it looks bad. It feels bad. It doesn't, feel like 2020 in terms of the hiring practices of front office members and head coaches and offensive coordinators and quarterback coaches, right? Just doesn't look like it. So we need to increase and change and tinker with the rule to make it better. And look, much like pass interference rule, see a problem, try and fix a problem. And if that doesn't work, you scrap it. That's what they did with the instant replay for pass interference. They, they kind of rushed into it. Everyone said, not a great idea. There's some flaws to it. 
It only worked a handful of times. And even then in the playoffs, it, it didn't happen. And they did away with it. But they did so because there was such an egregious missed call that they wanted to protect themselves from being told, you're not listening to us. Which is what they're doing now. Look, the, the NFL is still going to allow you to hire whoever you like, whoever you think is the most qualified, best candidate. But man, we, we got to have a better process here. The NFL also privately kind of behind the scenes hasn't made a big thing of it. They have a intern minority coaching position on every team. Some have, have two look, they, they are in fact trying, they are listening and watching society and seeing the evolution. Like, man, it doesn't look good. And by tabling it, you're telling the league, everyone's on notice. Everyone's on notice. Doesn't mean you have to hire somebody who's black or Hispanic or of mixed race, mixed descent. Doesn't mean you have to. Boy, you better exhaust all possible options before you just settle on some guy who's been doing it in the league for a long time because, well, it's his chance to get a shot. As guys, we are, we are accused, and sometimes rightfully so, of not hearing our significant other. Ah, you're, you're listening, but you don't hear me. This is the NFL trying to make a change. I've seen some reactions to the final episode of The Last Dance in regards to Michael Jordan, and it might be the most ridiculous criticism ever. I'll, I'll explain upcoming next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. I'm one of these guys that, like, I understand the world of opinions, especially as somebody who many people think is a contrarian. A lot of people have the opposite opinion of mine, and that's fine. Um, But I've seen this opinion, and it it reminds me of of this this conversation I have with my friends about non-basketball guys talking about basketball. Right. It's I said this the other day um, or I tweeted it the other day. The the next to last possession for the Utah Jazz in 1998. I believe tomorrow night ESPN is going to replay that final game from the Jordan era. And what they're going to do is they're going to play the the broadcast sound as if it's, you know, and remember, you're having. I think Matty Gukas and Isaiah Thomas, along with Bob Costas, called the game for NBC. So they're going to broadcast the game as if it was the game, but they're also going to include all the behind-the-scenes footage. That's a pretty cool idea, right? So you'll probably get like the lead-up, what they're doing in the locker room, and then have the game, and then what they do in the locker room at halftime, and all the timeout stuff, whatever. Like I don't know how they can do it, but it's, it should be a great show. And one of the things I do admire... I've worked for three different companies, ESPN, CBS, and Fox, and each one is different and each one is unique and each one has some really, really big strengths. The the strength that ESPN has always had is they have the rights to all this footage and they generally use it. They use it. Like a big frustration, both now at Fox and when I was at ESPN regards the NCAA tournament, CBS, actually Turner, owns the rights to all the highlights now. So, what I, I doesn't I don't understand. They they only let ESPN, I forget what the negotiate is, four minutes or six minutes of highlights per hour. So why don't you get thorough breakdowns of what happened in the NCAA tournament and guys drawing stuff up? Because you don't have the rights to do so. So you get these really, really, really quick highlights so you can get all the games in. I think it's like four minutes. Whereas ESPN all the hot but now Turner doesn't have a show where they can play long highlights don't have anybody breaking them down and showing you the nuances like that's just not how they're built right espn does have outlets to where they can break down highlights they can show you coaches tape they can do and they use it i think it's a strength of espn there's some weaknesses but it's a strength 
But anyway, one of the discussions that I was having with people on, on Twitter was when Carl Malone got the ball stolen, it wasn't all Carl Malone's fault. For my entire adulthood, I thought it was Carl Malone being soft with the basketball, not seeing Michael Jordan steal the ball from the weak side. But having been a point guard and understanding what it's like to feed the post, you got to wait a second or two seconds, fake a skip pass, whatever, so that Michael Jordan, remember, this is the old illegal defense rules. He couldn't sit in the lane. Otherwise, it was illegal defense. You got to wait for him to clear. Stockton didn't. And it wasn't like he was being pressured by Ron Harper or by Scottie Pippen or something. He was being pressured by Steve Kerr, not a special defender. Stockton just waits a second or two longer, ball fakes, pass. But again, that's more of an inside basketball thing. It's an inside basketball thing. Whereas the outside basketball, the fan simply says, well, Jordan stole the ball because Jordan wanted it more, right? I see the same thing with this article from a guy named Leander Sharlockens. He writes for Yahoo Sports. He's a soccer columnist. Right? He writes that the documentary, The Last Dance, goes to enormous lengths, hours of them, to make all of it, the bullying, the belittling, the punching of teammates, fine and dandy because they won half a dozen titles. Even Steve Kerr says he's now okay with Jordan's unprompted sucker punch to his face. Jordan never really reckoned with his flaws and doesn't want to now either. In the end, the second most re- uh, re- relevatory thing about The Last Dance is what a one-dimensional, unamiable man Jordan was and remains. If he knows this about himself, he doesn't care. But the surprise is that after all these years, Jordan still buys into his own. It was all fine because we won nonsense. This was the Michael Jordan he wanted us to see. Um, yeah. And no. Okay. First of all, like we want to get down to it. Apparently it was a sucker punch to the chest. Second of all, I've never been on a basketball team since ninth grade that did not have a fist fight between players. And usually those players either became or were close friends before and definitely after the fight. Like I got into fights with my college teammates and several of the fights are with my absolute closest friends. Fights happen for a reason. And there is a fine line between bullying and leading. And tough love. And I'm sorry, soccer guy. I'm sorry, writer guy. You weren't cut out for this. It isn't for everybody. It's just not. It, it's it's exactly like Jordan said. You've never won everything. I, I actually think that his reflection causes many of us former athletes to reflect upon myself and realize, you're right. I, I am not cut from that cloth. A different dude. Like I, I remember. Look, I look back on my college days, and I would work my ass off on my shooting. I worked so hard in the summer. I worked so hard in the fall, and then we get to the season, and you know, I had a a girlfriend who became a fiance, became a wife after college, whatever. I had friends. I like to go out. I like to do a bunch of things. I wanted to be in California in the summer. Whereas if I really, 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 really wanted to make the NBA, not just said it. I would have lived in the gym. 
yeah, I worked on my body so that I was a, a, the type of athlete that could compete at that level. But some of it was out of vanity. I wanted to look good too. If I really, and during the season, I would have lived there. You, you Athletes live with regret all the time. Even And that's the other part. He regrets not, not getting a chance at the seventh title. He he has regrets, but winning does have a cost. Look, LeBron, uh, we'll talk at the top of the hour about what LeBron has done better than Jordan. Kobe was much the same way. But like, look, Kobe didn't have friends when he, guys didn't like him when he played in the league. And a lot of guys don't like LeBron now. Winning has a price. They respect them. They respect them. And there's a lot of guys that sit there and go like, man, Whew, I just don't have that in me. I don't. It, and, it, and that's okay too. And that's why you're not legend. That's why you're not Jordan. And remember the burden. You, people don't know. I don't think, like, a writer, he, I don't know how old he is. I think he's a little bit younger than me. I'm not sure we understand the burden that Jordan carried. It doesn't excuse some of his boorish behavior. But it does explain it. Like, look, this is the type of guy that's like, I can't believe you spoke that way to Larry Bird. Hey, dopey, do you know Larry Bird was the most vicious trash talker in the league? And by the way, he owned Michael Jordan when he was with the Celtics. They owned him. Right? Like the pearl clutching. Oh my gosh. Over never using a curse word. Calling a good friend the B word. Or telling a good friend F you. Sorry, dude, this is not your deal. It's okay. That's what it really looks like. That's what it really feels like. We're not always here to make friends. We're not always here to make you feel good. We don't sit around and talk about our feelings all that much. MJ was here. I'm here to win. Because remember, if he didn't win, it wasn't just his internal sense that created a failure he'd been a failure he'd be a failure to the rest of society he was built up as this legendary mythical bigger than life figure and if he didn't if his team didn't get it done that was on him be sure to catch the live edition of the doug gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m eastern noon pacific casey johnson joins us bulls insider nbc sports chicago casey i want to get to far more important stuff but what do you do? You believe the story that Tim Grover told in the Last Dance? I mean, we've no, we've written about pizza for years. You know, the night that it happened, I was at that game in Utah. Uh, we wrote flu-like symptoms because that's what we were told. But I, I want to say uh, I was working for the Chicago Tribune at the time. I want to say within a couple of days, we were already writing that he ate bad pizza. As far as whether it was poison or not, I, I have no idea. That's conspiracy theory level stuff for me. I just know that. You know, within a couple of days or maybe a couple of weeks, we were writing that it was bad pizza and not the not the flu. Casey Johnson joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. You know, this is interesting to me that uh, you guys uh, uh, printed out. I was reading yesterday. I think I don't know when it actually went to print the unfinished memoirs um, of Jerry Krause, the late general manager of the team, and he explained from his perspective what really happened in terms of, A, after the season was done, we had the trainers, the doctors, all the front office. We all got together and we realized we can't re-sign Luke Longley. He's washed. Dennis Rodman's washed up. Scottie Pippen had had two surgeries in two years and then his back locked up in the playoffs and he wanted to get paid. Like This would be a very, very different look. 
why, why was that not mentioned, do you think, in the documentary? Um, well, you know, I think Jerry Reinsdorf kind of alluded to maybe not that in that detail or that specifics. I, I, I think Jerry Reinsdorf kind of, you know, elucidated that same point in you know, that final ultimate scene, and then they cut to Michael talking about wanting to run it back um, for a seventh title. We, and you see for Chicago, I have an article posted there, um, today, talking to Jerry Reinsdorf about that final scene, and he claims that he and Michael had private conversations at that time that he wouldn't go into detail on, but that in general, Michael understood where the team was coming from. You know, this is, Doug, this is the interesting dynamic that's, that for me is, you know, I, I was not the lead beat writer uh, for the Chicago Tribune back then. Terry Armour was. We had several great writers covering that Sam Smith, Melissa Isaacson. I was just one of many writers when I was working for the Chicago Tribune back then, but. We covered all this stuff back then in 98. I just feel like it's like getting relitigated now. I mean, it's like this is all stuff that has been reported and covered over time, and obviously it's just now being viewed through this prism of this documentary during that is released during a global pandemic. You can't, you can't scrutinize or analyze this documentary without using that lens either. I, I agree. It's, it's really, really fascinating to me, uh, yeah. Casey Johnson joining us from NBC Sports Chicago, that – uh, the timing worked out perfectly for Jordan. Obviously, Jordan having some creative control um, really worked out well for Jordan. And the fact that LeBron, you know, to this point hadn't played in the playoffs in a Lakers uniform worked out to Jordan. Um, your general takeaway from watching all 10 episodes of the documentary is what? That it's great to see Jordan speaking again. I mean, we all know uh, that those of us who are around him for those, you know, I was only around for the second three-peat. I was at the Tribune for the first three-peat, but not covering the NBA then. And, you know, just we all know what drove him and what made him tick. And as we all know, he does not give many public interviews anymore. He, you know, gave that wonderful uh, time to Wright Thompson for that ESPN the Magazine profile several years ago. But really, since the Hall of Fame acceptance speech in '09, we have not heard much publicly from Michael. So, God bless him. I mean, if, if this is a Michael Jordan documentary or he's got control or he gets the last word, that's cool because he's the greatest basketball player of all time. And I just love seeing him talk again and reminding us all of what made him tick and what drove him to such height. It is kind of funny. You know, I, we, I'm talking to plenty of players from that era, obviously, kind of relationships with a lot of those guys. And, you know, some of them are starting to clap back a little bit. Adam Horace Grant was on local Chicago ready today, clapping back at some of Jordan's statements. So it's just, you know, it, it's a dynasty, and it's filled with people with great pride and large amounts of testosterone. And, uh, you know, it, it, there's a reason why dynasties don't last forever, because it's hard to keep everybody pulling in the same direction. And I think, you know, that's been borne out pretty uh pretty dramatically throughout this documentary. It's been written that, that Pippen didn't love how he was portrayed. I would say that the only, only negative portrayal was, uh, was Scotty Pippen saying he would do it again in terms of sitting out when Tony Kukoc made the game winner against the Knicks. Isn't that because the he was made out to be a, a sympathetic figure because of his contract for throughout all 10 episodes and then out to be a, a, a complete warrior, um, in that he, you know, played through pain in the final episode. I feel like that's on Scotty. Do you? Well, I think there's balance. I mean, you know, the, the migraine was brought up, the 1.8 seconds, you know, which are excusable stains on his career uh, was was brought up. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the, the episode 10 cemented. Yeah, you don't really, 
here's the thing though, like I, I didn't need to see episode ten to know that Scottie Pippen was a great basketball player. You know, I mean, it, it's like no, no, but you it, know, Casey, you know, like look, Scottie has a, had a reputation of being soft. He just did. That, that's why I felt like Kerr and several others said like people thought he's soft. He's not like they, they wouldn't say people think he's soft unless people thought he's soft. I do think it was important to point out that he was out there on guts and, you know, it was kind of Jordan versus the world. I I, I thought that part of the portrayal was actually really important. And it, 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 it looked, even though he was hurt, it did look good upon Scottie Pippen kind of historically and obviously about about Jordan. I don't know. I would, I would only push that. That's where I would push back there. Yeah. And that's fair. Uh, you know, like I said, I, what I was saying is, like, I think there's balance. I mean, you had Jordan early in the, I can't even remember what episode now, one or two saying there's no Michael Jordan without Scottie Pippen. That's the ultimate compliment you can get. Then you also have Jordan uh, accurately reminding everybody how pissed he was that, that Scottie delayed uh, that surgery till the eve of the 97, 98 season, because you know, you know what, Michael, was as smart as anybody. He knew uh, that Dennis was starting to get a little wayward, and that was pretty clearly spelled out in this documentary. And Dennis was not always reliable in that 97-98 season. So Jordan knew what was going to land on his plate without Scottie Pippen until January. So, you know, there's balance there. Um, I do think it ended on a strong note for Scottie, and I also like that Scottie, of all people, is the one who you know, put the bow on the Jerry Krause package at the end because, you know, Scottie was not always forthcoming with praise or compliments for Jerry Krause and for him to acknowledge his talents, I thought was pretty noteworthy. Casey Johnson joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox sports radio. Uh, obviously Krause looks like the bad guy. Reinsdorf looked more like the bad guy uh, uh, in the end. Um, who to you did you like and dislike their portrayal in terms of the accuracy of it? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not really getting into like judging the film. You know, it's 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 the filmmaker's work, and that's his work. I'm not going to critique it. You know, I mean, I personally thought it was. I, I will say that going in, my impressions were going to be a little bit more about the whole team, right, and a little bit more about maybe the ending. And you really only got to the ending in the last what fifteen minutes of episode ten. That was just my impression. Once I started seeing it unfold and seeing what it was about. I mean, if I'm a filmmaker and I get Michael Jordan to sit down for three lengthy interviews, I'm going where that takes me. So, you know, I'm not a filmmaker. I'm a, I'm a sports writer. I'm a journalist. So, um, but, you know, to have Jordan's cooperation was fantastic. I mean, sure, you can quibble. I mean, like, the joke I've been using is, was Ron Harper on the Cavaliers or the Bulls? You know, it's like, but, but you know, I mean, Michael Jordan talks. At length, so you go where that takes you, and Michael Jordan, of course, is going to dominate it because he's the greatest basketball player of all time. Um, you know, as far as the blame, I'm getting that question a lot, and you know, it, again, it's so multi-layered, so multifaceted. I feel like we're covering old ground. It's to me, it's as simple as this: in the summer of '97, Kraus and Phil's agent had horrifically contentious contract negotiations. Jerry Reinsdorf flew out to Montana, personally negotiated with Phil, and Phil came back for one more season, 97-98. Now, you can call what the Bulls and Jerry Reinsdorf did in 98 as a publicity stunt, disingenuous, if you want to be skeptical, but Jerry Reinsdorf did offer Phil the chance to come back in 98. And I get why Phil wanted to walk away. He was done. His relationship with Jerry Krause was over. He wanted a break. Um, so, 
you know, but the bottom line is the invitation was there. They introduced Tim Floyd as the director of basketball operations. I was at the news conference. It was one of the most surreal experiences of all time. They didn't even introduce him as head coach. So PR stun or not, the opportunity was there for Phil, and Phil chose not to come. They'll take it. So that's the difference. In 97, Ryan Zorkin did Phil to return for one season. In 98, Phil walked away. I'm not blaming Phil. I'm, it was multi-layered as to why he's left, but that's that's the difference to me between 97 and 98. Yesterday I said, the truth is Phil knew it was time. Robin was shot, <laughs> Longley, whatever. Pippen, though, though Pippen had a couple good years, he, he was never really the same, even in Houston when he played more minutes. You know, the idea that they would, and, and even even Jordan was human, right? Um, like the the whole theme was how much they struggled all year just to get to the playoffs, and then Jordan kind of pushed him over the threshold. And look, at some point, at some point, even the best built dam breaks, right? So I'm just wondering, because you covered it, then you knew what was going on. Was it in fact time, or should they have run it back? I, I can just tell you, I think what you just said, Doug, is spot on. And I, I can just tell you, being around in 97, 98, I just personally had that, that season had the feeling of finality to me. I mean, look, the Pacers series was the toughest test of the entire second 3 P. Um, you know, even if the Utah series, you can say it ended in six, but without Michael's heroics, it goes game seven on the road and Scotty's availability in question. That's hanging in the balance. I'm not saying the Bulls lose, but I'm saying that they could. So I can just tell you that that entire season, and it wasn't this joyless slog. I mean, they won over 60 games and they won a championship. There were plenty of moments of levity and happiness and uh, fun to be around. But but just the entire season had the vibe um, that it was over. And you're right. Phil Phil used that very line many times. It's, it's time. It's time. Um, and, you know, you can, you can play revisionist history all you want, you know, as I said before, dynasties don't last forever, and they're hard for a reason because everybody has to be really good at their jobs at the same time for a long time. And sometimes, you know, those things all end, and they either end in messy fashion or neat fashion. Fashion They typically end in messy fashion. This one ended in both, messy off the court, neat on the court, because they were 6-0 in the NBA Finals. Great stuff. Casey Johnson joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Check out his work. He's a Bulls insider for NBC Sports Chicago. They've always done a fabulous job of covering it. And now it, it is, to, to you, this is old news, but to many people, they're like, I, I had no idea. And it it's new, and you guys have done a great job. Thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate you having me. Thank you very much. No, pleasure's ours. Casey Johnson, join us in the Discover Card guest hotline. Get your free Discover scorecard today, even if you're not a Discover customer. It includes your FICO credit score. Checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash Credit, credit, credit scorecard. Limitations apply. The one person I wish we could have heard from in the last dance documentary. I'll tell, tell you who that is next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Game Time. It's Game Time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Dan by what do you got? Doug, the game today is... Rank them. All right, Doug, rank the three people you wish you could have heard from in the last dance. Um, okay. Uh, I would say... Ooh, this is a tough one. Because I have four. I- I'm going to say that, that Sonny Vaccaro would be four. Okay. Okay. Legendarily involved in grassroots basketball, he helped push Michael Jordan to Nike. But but he misses only because I'm surprised they didn't talk to Peter Vesey. Peter Vesey was Woj before Woj. New York Post worked for NBC Sports. W- wasn't in the film. That's interesting. Just because he could have offered insight from an insider's perspective. Uh, Jerry Krause too. We did hear some from Jerry Krause. Some, but not enough. And number one would be Tex Winter. Um, one, because Tex Winter was hilarious. Two, because uh, Jordan fought with him over the triangle, but then, you know, he became, Jordan became a guy who completely bought into the triangle. Tex Winter would have been number one. 
All right. Uh, along the same lines of the Last Dance documentary, brought back those Utah Jazz uniforms with the Wasatch Mountains on them. Doug, rank your three fa- favorite Utah Jazz uniforms throughout the history of the uh, organization. Uh, well, I know what number one is. I'll get to that in a second. Number three are the 98 Finals Mountain ones. Okay. Number two are the Darren Williams blue ones. Those were kind of sharp. They I were. Thought, yeah. And number one was the classic purple and yellow, which Stockton Malone wore when they took the Lakers to game five, I believe, a five-game series. He used to play in the Salt Palace. Yes. Love those uniforms. That, that's those are that's what Pistol Pete Maravich wore um, with the New Orleans Jazz. Those are the uniforms I think of with the Jazz. Doug, rank the three current NFL head coaches you'd want to play for. This kind of on the heels of the James Harrison, Mike Tomlin situation and Harrison saying it was the G-est thing anyone has done with that envelope. Yeah. The three coaches you'd want to play for if you were an NFL player. Uh, okay, I would put um, – let, let me just think here. Uh, Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, one, three. Sean Payton, two. Mike Tomlin, one. All right. Interesting. No Belichick? No I, I'd love to play for Belichick. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like uh, – um, who did I say three? You had uh, John Harbaugh. Yeah, I mean, like, look, I, I love Harbaugh. I feel like he champions his guys, pushes them, but also puts them in a yeah. position to succeed. I, I don't know. I, I like his. I, I like John Harbaugh. I like that he's the other brother. I, I like a lot about him. Sean Payton. I just think he's fantastic with guys. I just he really gets it. Really protects his team. Um, you know, he's like an offensive Belichick. Mm-hmm. And then. Tomlin, who I don't think does as much X and O's, but I just feel like he'd be a great dude to play for. Rank, Doug, who you are most excited to see play golf on Sunday. Another charity golf match. Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning against Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. Rank those four players. Phil, four. Phil, four. Uh, Brady, three. Actually, Brady, four. Phil, three. Um, Manning, two just because he's, I think, the funniest of the group. And then Tiger won. <laughs> Tiger, always number one. Plus, Tiger is Tiger's kind of sneaky funny, too. Sure. Well, he's, I, a, he's a bit of a trash talker. Rank your three favorite pizza toppings. Uh, okay. Hmm. This is hard. Well, pepperoni's one. Like, n- nobody competes with that, right? Correct. Okay. Can I do combos? Like, if Go I did, ahead. Okay. Um, I actually have grown to really like pine, ham and pineapple together, like really, really like it. Um, and then I like a white pizza with the basil, you know, like the classic white pizza, mm-hmm. white cheese. And then I would say the pepperoni, obviously. Pepperoni's one. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. You know, you, you pick sides in things, even if you don't. I'm I'm not like, can't appreciate the other side. I've always been a Jordan guy. But, but there's one thing about LeBron that I get, and he's just better than Mike. I'll explain next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. <laughs> Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. 
and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. I've heard some of my cohorts, colleagues, say that uh, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see Jordan in the social media age. It, it would. would. Um, because, you know, so many things we do, so many things we say are parsed. And, I mean, hell, Adele lost basically a human being's worth of weight, looks amazing, and somehow... Like part of part of social media, like, you know, against it. What? You know, she's a, a, an amazing singer. She took her time off to be a mom. Then she decided to get healthy. And I don't know how she did. I don't know. If she had this. I don't care. Like she, she got in shape. Somehow someone out there found it to be a negative and got some other people it could be five, 10 people. I, I don't know. It could be bots to make it seem like it would, there's some negative to it. Like, I don't know. Like social media is so curious. I don't really totally understand it. You know, I mean, heck even you know, I live in 
Orange County. Now, if you know anything about the politics of California, California is generally a very, very blue state. Gavin Newsom is a very liberal governor. Think he's done, for the most part, pretty good job. And uh, look, they've been a little overly cautious of how they shut things down, but generally right in line with most of the big states, the big diverse populations in terms of when they're going to open stuff up. But, you know, a couple weeks ago, they shut down Newport Beach because there was a photo of, you know, people rushing to the beach and sitting too close to each other and, you know, not abiding by the stay-at-home order. So, you know, you got social media. I Like, I'm besieged by these reopen California. Like, if you want to reopen California because your business is suffering, that's reasonable. If you want to reopen California because I can't go to the beach, which you can and you've always been able to go to the beach. Matter of fact, the beach was open, you know, almost the entire time in Orange County, even when it probably shouldn't have been open. And Orange County, by the way, the Orange Curtain is very Republican County. So that's kind of what's at at play here. But look, if you want to go and you hop in the water, you've always been able to go hop in the water. You just can't sit right next to somebody with the thought of spreading this virus. That's that's all. Like, we, we just lost any ability to be reasonable. So how Jordan would have fared in social media, I'm not sure. But I do know that part of what makes the Jordan mythology work is that um, he could control things. You know, even this documentary, like that was his production team. He had some final editing say as well. So he could control things. He was able to, he had a, like a Mad Rashad was a reporter. Ahmad Rashad was a reporter and Ramad Rashad's like stayed at his house the night before a game, rode with him to the game, was in the locker room with him. Like, dude, there's a whole other team. There are 29 other players and Ahmad Rashad's in there with Gus, the security guy. And what's the guy with the, with the Wozniak, right? The man tossing quarters, like, with the Jerry Curl perm thing that passed away, that's like one of Jordan's. And and there's the reporter. So, like, Jordan could control the message. And I think, in all honesty, he'd probably be able to control the message today as, you know, many other stars are able to. But I don't know. I don't know how much his personal life would have been uh, tossed in there, how much it would have been discussed or whatever. I, I don't know. Make no mistake about it, Michael Jordan was... The Mike uh, was the Michael Jackson of sports in that everywhere he went, he, he couldn't move. As he said, this is not a life that that anybody would want to lead, you know, where you're you're in a hotel room by yourself with friends that you had to pay to keep you safe. Right. That's that, that's what those guys were. Um. But I want to give credit to LeBron from this perspective. And this is where Jordan didn't have to deal deal with it. And I think only maybe Tiger Woods has had to deal with it longer. And you look at the, the pitfalls of Tiger Woods' super fame. Like the biggest difference is not just social media. It's that LeBron James was the next NBA superstar when he was entering his junior year in high school. Think about that for a second. His, 
that you're you're 16 years old. You're in Akron, Ohio, and you have to some of the like one of the reasons I I, I do on some level you find it sad that Jordan's closest friends on that team weren't on that team. They were his security detail, right? That his friends are like, I guess you got to pay them and you take care of them. You compensate like the reason everybody told me this, you know, the, the footage of Jordan's camp in Santa Barbara, I got a chance to work that in 1996 as a counselor play against Michael Jordan at night. But the reason he had that camp was not because Michael Jordan wanted to have the camp. It was because they made so much money that all of the guys on his entourage, he could take care of out of that money. You know, they make four or $5 million and he would give it away. Then they had the Jordan fantasy camp in Las Vegas after he retired, where he'd have all these coaches. The best college coaches would be coaches of these teams. And he would play against these kind of, you know, hedge fund managers that would pay thousands of dollars just to play against Michael Jordan. That money wasn't for him. It was for all of his guys. But still, the, you have to pay your friends to hang around you because you don't know who your real friends are because there's always an angle, right? Everybody's got an angle. Even Ahmad Rashad, as close to friends as they were, like, look, he made Ahmad Rashad's career. Ahmad Rashad was a great football player, was a reporter. Um, l- long before he and Jordan became friends, but Ahmad Rashad became irreplaceable on NBC's broadcast because he was the end of Jordan. He's the only guy he would talk to. But LeBron James, on the other hand, has had to carry this burden of superstardom since he's 16 years old. He's 34 now. You're talking about 18, 19 years of being in the spotlight. And look, everything that that President Obama said about Jordan is accurate. He was a, a point. Jordan was a point of pride. Point of pride. For the country. He changed the culture. He helped the city, not just helping himself. And he became obviously a a billionaire probably two times over in the process. But a a lot of people in his wake and a lot of things in his wake became better, right? Kind of saved the image of USA basketball, changed the image of Nike, changed the image of the Bulls. When he came into the NBA, it wasn't his league immediately. It was Bird and magic. He didn't grow up a superstar. As has been noted, played JV his sophomore year. Was a McDonald's All-American, but he wasn't the best player on North Carolina's team early on. I don't care what Roy Williams said or what James Worthy said. Like, it was Worthy and Perkins and then became Jordan by his junior year. Even his superstardom, when he was in the NBA didn't take off right away nationally and internationally until several years in LeBron's a completely different deal. From the moment he walked into the ballroom at the Hyatt in New York city, the night before he's going to be drafted and we heard him speak and he had 30 in his first NBA game as a high school graduate against the Sacramento Kings because of the advent of social media, because now we do care about what you do off the floor. Like, let's just be honest. I don't know how, how Michael would have handled it, but think of how worn down he became because of the superstardom. And look, I don't think that LeBron is a better player. 
I think there are some holes in LeBron's game that probably would have been shored up had he gone to college for a couple of years because you learn about team. You know, I think he built his body so strong that he lost some of the fluidity. Look, I just don't think he, and he doesn't have that win-at-all-cost killer mentality. He is not a psychopath the way that Jordan is. I mean, listen, listen even to LeBron talking about MJ on the Uninterrupted podcast yesterday. I know me personally, the way I play the game, where it comes to like team first, I just feel like my best assets work perfectly with Mike. Mike is an assassin. Mike is an assassin when it comes to that, playing the game of basketball, the way he scored the ball, you know, my ability to pass, uh, my ability to read the game, plays and plays and plays in advance, and then just taking the challenge. Like, I love when a teammate come to me and challenge me and tell me, okay, all right, come on now. All right, six, you know, when I was in Miami, D-Wade used to be like, all right, six, let's go. You know, T. Lou used to challenge me a lot when I was in Cleveland. He'd be like, all right, bro, what you waiting on? You know what I'm saying? And I just see that from Mike, and, you know, I just feel like our games was just a perfect you know, a perfect, you know, correlation to be able to uh, just be successful. Yeah, no, that's not the way Jordan's wired at all. Like, they're just different dudes, right? Right? They're, they're just different dudes. Jordan had the internal drive to know when to hit the switch. LeBron had to be told. LeBron wants to play against, play with the best. Jordan wants to beat the best. It's just different. You know, LeBron has had that white-hot spotlight Jordan was worn down by it. Could you say it was brighter then? Maybe. But but if you think of from 16 years old to your 34 years old being a megastar. You know, look, again, I don't think Michael Jordan's the better player. I think that people try and use the 17-year stats in, in an effort to somehow... Uh, minimize what Jordan was able to do. Jordan's to me, like, look, in basketball, I, I understand that there's the right basketball play and Jordan learned to make the right basketball play. But generally in basketball, the best player gets the ball, wants the ball, makes the play at the end of the game. And that hasn't always been the case with LeBron. It's Kyrie that made the big shot against the Golden State Warriors, Right. The best players also, historically, whether it's Magic or Bird, into into Jordan, never lost self-confidence in their shot. That's not the case with LeBron. There were times when he questioned his own mid-range pull-up jump shots. Just that they're wired differently. But if you're going to give credit and do so rightfully, LeBron James in handling all of the superstar, accepting, maybe he doesn't like it, but even accepting the backlash for political statements. I, I can't find fault with LeBron for how he's lived his life and how he's handled the stardom. I, I just cannot. Like, look, do I think that he's trying to paint a rosy picture and say he invented barbershop talk with his shop? Like, yeah, it's dumb. But that's what happens when you surround yourself with sycophants. Like, this is, you know, Jordan does the same thing, right? Like, he's trying to claim things that aren't really true, but okay. When you live in this insular world of superstardom, you don't see what the rest of us see. But it, it's different what LeBron, only Tiger has gone through it longer. And look at the pitfalls of Tiger. And like, what's the worst thing that LeBron's done? 
right? What's the worst? I mean, if you go put like the China thing maybe was bad, like, all right, you got billion, you know, hundreds of millions, if not a billion dollars at stake with your Nike contracts. And he just tried to play it up the middle and he's never played it up the middle before. He's always leaned to the left and people crushed him for it. Like, all right. What else? He 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 choked against the Mavericks. Like, all right, like is is that terrible? It happens. It, it it does in fact happen, and he came back from it and was better because of it. I don't think LeBron is as good a basketball player. Is the alpha, the ultimate alpha, even as he said, the assassin of Jordan. I don't think anybody would argue that, and I think everyone knows he's not wired like Jordan. And that's why you can, I find it hard to think you'll ever think he's the GOAT. But man, has he been impressive with how he's handled it. Can't imagine. All right, coming up next, what to expect from the NFL in 2020 in dealing with the pandemic? I'll tell you on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. So, so there's a, a couple different perspectives on this, but I, I want to share with you one that I have. Doug Gottlieb, Show Fox Sports Radio. Andrew Siciliano works for the NFL Network says uh, on Twitter, quote, NFL CMO, that's Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Alan Sills said, quote, we, f- we fully well expect that we will have positive cases that will arise. The goal, the goal is to identify those cases and prevent the spread. NFL offices are, for the most part, open for business. And players are slowly but surely starting to migrate back to those facilities to get in shape. And we'll see when if and when we have some OTAs and some other off-season activities. A few weeks ago, Von Miller came out and said he's had it. Okay. Uh, we talked about this going back to Friday and Lincoln Riley, the coach of Oklahoma, saying, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. what's the rush to get guys back? Every day we learn more about this virus, which I understand. I think the NFL's approach is the smart one. Well, you're not rushing it, actually. You're not. You just have to understand this virus is going to exist. Somebody's going to get it. Okay. And they're going to get treated. And the percentages tell you they're going to be okay. Right. Look, I'm not telling you I lack the feelings and emotions of a normal human being. I completely and totally understand, completely and totally understand that there have been people that have gotten sick that have died, or even those that have recovered, and their lungs may never be the same. I, I, I understand. But, like, one, players are not in a bubble when they're at home. The bubbles are gone. They're just not. When we reopen America, you're going to go and, even now, pick up your food or eventually have a restaurant, whether it's 25 or 50% capacity. The risks have increased of you catching this thing. We, we can't live in a risk-free, sterile environment. The truth is that if you do some research on even the hand sanitizers, when you sanitize your life, a lot of times the bacteria morphs, metamorphosizes itself into stronger and more vicious stuff. It really does. So I believe what the NFL is doing is smart. I believe this is a prudent course of action for colleges, especially for college football teams, college basketball teams. Get them back to campus. One, you get better medical care. Two, yeah, somebody will eventually get exposed to it. Somebody's going to test positive. And you try and isolate them, treat them, and allow them to recover. We're not going to have a vaccine. It's not not scientifically, medically possible to have a vaccine between now and the start of fall. And we are... I mean, NLB, NBA, NFL, it's how, how are we most prudent in getting back to living our lives? And that does not include not living our lives, staying at home, staying in a bubble. Just, I'm, I'm not saying we should rush it because we're all emotionally done with it. I'm saying we had to be reasonable about it. 
And I think the NFL's approach is reasonable. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. He is a good friend, a good man, and was a great quarterback and now an outstanding broadcaster for CBS Sports. He's two-time Super Bowl champion Phil Simms. He joins us on Fox Sports Radio. Phil, most importantly, how are you? How's your health? Everything good is here, Douglas. I call you Douglas. That's probably what your mother called you and did something wrong. No, uh, just my sister. My sister is the only one who calls me Douglas. Oh, and she you. is. Okay. My sister and you. You've always called me okay, Douglas. No. <laughs> but everything is good. Our family, our immediate family, all my kids, grandchildren, everybody's been healthy. And, and fortunately, even the area I live in has just been, I, I've only heard of one or two people that were unlucky or whatever you want to say to catch the virus, but they are now doing well. So it's, it's been good here in northern New Jersey. Let, let's, Tom Brady apparently is at the uh, Buccaneers facility, throwing to his new wide receivers. What do you think of his decision? Oh, well, it's, look, I, I think I, I always thought and said that he'll never wear another uniform but the Patriots. But I think the last couple of years, you start to see it unravel. The fact that he would go, didn't go to OTAs was a big deal. You know, just the fact that maybe there, you know, so much is being made, that could be true, too, of the, just the Patriot way. Also, just not having the weapons he wants and all that. And now, there's a sense of that he can maybe open up and, and do a different thing. You know, I think he's, we're going to see a different Tom Brady just because, you know, it's, it's a different, different atmosphere he's going to be working in. So, I do like the fact, as usual, as I say to everybody, what do basketball players do in the offseason to get better, Doug? What 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 basketball players do what, to get better? What, what are you you're a basketball player yeah. during the off season? You shot the ball, right? right. You're always shooting. Get in the gym. Well, well, the thing about Tom Brady is he's always working on his throwing, his footwork, and that constantly during the off season. And more quarterbacks, young and old, should should see that and emulate it if possible because it's really kept him into being a sharp quarterback even at the age he is now. Uh, how hard is it to go and when, when you've only been, and I don't want to say one system because they really have evolved. You know, he, he wasn't, he, you know, early in his career, he's more facilitator than in the middle, you know, during that run, even when they didn't win the Super Bowl, but they went 16 and 0. Right. Uh, he, that was the best offensive league. He was a great deep ball thrower to Randy Moss. And that thing changed when they had Welker and everything was underneath. Um, so it's not, it hasn't been the same system, but using the same verbiage, you're working with most of the same people. That's right. How difficult is it at this point in his career to have a complete 180 and change? Well, you know, one, that system in New England, just real quick, went from two backs and just a real gen- generic offense when they won their first Super Bowl. Then it went to other things. The four wide receivers you talked about, the slot receiver, all the double tight ends. So they always recreated a different offense for him for after a couple of years. So that was great. Um, but it'll be a challenge. It'll be invigorating. He's going to love it. Uh, just the, you know, the challenge of learning a new, I didn't learn a new offense. I played 15 years, 14 years in the exact same system. And then my 15th year, I got Dan Reeves, completely different. And it was like, it was awesome just to be learning something different, the challenge and, you know, the challenge of learning playing with different teammates, head coaches, and all that, I think it's just going to be great for him mentally. Phil Sims, our guest on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, there's some other kind of curious uh, quarterback stuff. Jameis, huh. Jameis Winston's trying to remake himself, but he's essentially the third-string quarterback with the New Orleans Saints. What do you think of his decision? 
I thought it was a good decision on his part, going to a different place to learn a new way to play quarterback, uh, an offense that you know, throws a lot of short passes, but they're always looking for the deep ball, which people don't really realize. They're always throwing short passes, this, you know, things like that, getting rid of it, screens, but they're just trying to set you up before they throw one across the field, down the field, or whatever. So uh, it's going to be entirely different from what he's used to, more verbiage, more plays, and so many more thoughts. And um, being around Drew Brees and Sean Payton, it's real. That's all I can tell you. I've gone to many teams and know all the coaches. When you go to New Orleans, it's a different feeling when you just watch the, how they are working towards perfection and how much knowledge that Sean Payton really does have. And he can adapt to anything. So Jameis Winston, great job by him going there. And if he gets a chance to play, he'll be like every other backup quarterback in New Orleans. He'll do very well. I remember I was at your place, and you got a chance to call a Dak Prescott game his rookie year. And I said, what do you think about Dak? And you said, well, you know, he's a quarterback. Now, I know what you mean by that. Yeah, which, right. Which means he walks in, and he just there's a different feel to the room. He's kind the of, man. Right? Yeah, there's right. nothing like being the man. You know, you got to – that's right. But go ahead. Okay. Um, so, so now you've seen him evolve. You know that there's this kind of contract impasse where he's technically a franchise taggy. He wants – a long-term deal, but to be paid among the elites of the league. Um, there have been times in which he hasn't had Ezekiel Elliott. They didn't look great. Until they had Amari Cooper, they, they, they weren't moving the ball. Last year against the good teams, um, they were feeble offensively. In comparison against the bad teams, they were great. I mean, great number one offense in the NFL. Now that you've seen him several years in the league as starting quarterback of the Cowboys, what's your assessment of the value of Dak Prescott? Well, listen, there's no doubt he's a franchise quarterback. Big, strong, mobile, throws the ball. He's thrown the ball, in my eyes, a little better every year he's been in the league because when he came in, I would say he was at best just an average NFL-throwing quarterback. So I think the whole thing with him is, you know, just what I read, and, you know, I don't, I'm not a big contract guy, but it's about four years or five years. The Cowboys won five. He wants four. I think they're probably pretty close on the money. Um so, I, I don't know what to say. I, I, when you talk about all these offensive things, too, it just brings to my mind new system. But the Cowboys, what they did last year, they, did, they can beat you with talent, but they very seldom beat you with their minds. And it, you, those teams they've had over the years, a lot of talent on both sides of the ball, but they don't come through because there's just not enough um, diversion or whatever you uh, giving teams something different on both sides of the ball. Not only the offense, but the defense, too. And I think that'll change now. Mike McCarthy, Mike Nolan, the defensive coordinator, it'll be a different team. All right, I'm I'm interested. Aaron Rodgers, um, look, they they had a a great season in terms of record. Uh, They they turned things around with the first-year coach. Obviously, they got kind of embarrassed by the San Francisco 49ers both times they played the Niners. But still, a good kind of turnaround year. So instead of drafting a weapon... They draft his eventual potential replacement. Um, what are your thoughts on Jordan Love being the first round draft pick of the Packers? Well, listen, uh, to say I was surprised is an understatement uh, about it. I studied Jordan Love very hard, liked him a lot. You know, I see the upside. You know, the upside, it's there. And, uh, but it's not there now. He's not even, a, even finished or polished as a college quarterback. So, but I, I understand, you know, a lot of people I know and I trust their advice had some high praise for him. I liked him, too, but I like him not now in the first round. That's for sure. 
I saw him as a late second-round pick, you know, just because of the upside. But here's the thing. I'm sitting there, the Green Bay Packers, I'm just going, well, they're going to take, I'm different. I said, they're going to take a defensive tackle because there was a lot of good ones in the draft, Doug. Mm-hmm. And what did they need? They get beat with last year? People ran the ball on them and dominated them, dominated them physically. Just off the top of my head, when I start talking about it, I can name five or six games where they had no chance because they could not stop the run. So you need big men inside that can play the position to do it. I thought they would draft a defensive tackle, then go get a wide receiver just because there was, it was the greatest year for the wide receivers in my lifetime I've ever seen in the draft. Yeah, um, but the top wide receivers were all gone, right? And- it, it was deep. There was, there was guys, I, I don't know who was left. I know there's guys like Chase Claypool that went in the third round from Notre Dame. I liked him a lot. He's the this year's DK Metcalf. He just didn't get the ball thrown to him enough in college. But it's still, there would have been somebody there. And instead of trading up in the first round for somebody that's not going to help you now, then why don't we wait till the second round if we get a run um, stopper in the first round, then move up in the second round and get one of the top wide receivers if you look at it that way. That would have been easy. And it wouldn't have cost near as much. And you could have got it done. But, hey, they had a different plan. Um, I, I don't know. Was Matt LaFleur, was he say, oh, we got to get us a quarterback of the future? I don't know if it was him or just the general manager. But just my opinion, following the game closely, you got a quarterback. You can see I get a little worked up over no, this. No, of course you do. you got a quarterback still in his prime, okay? He's got, let's go on the low side, two great years still left in him. Okay. Probably about four. And maybe five if he wants it easy. But did I see a decline in Aaron Rodgers physically last year? Yes, a tiny bit. But still, he's physically one of the most gifted quarterbacks in the NFL. And you're 13-3. and three. Let's try to win now. You don't look down the road when you're, you're in that Super Bowl window. If you think you're close, then get the pieces that are going to drive you over the top and be able to overcome San Francisco, some of these other really good teams we're going to see in the NFC. Okay, let me offer the opposite perspective here. Um, look, as long as you have Aaron Rodgers, you're not drafting the top ten, top fifteen. And if you have, if they have a, if you have evaluated um, Jordan Love as potentially, you know, with some refinement in two or three years, a franchise quarterback, isn't it a great opportunity to get a guy who can learn under the best in the game for two or three years and? No one wide receiver or one defensive tackle at that point in the draft is going to make the type of make that type of difference. Oh, I don't know about that. I'll disagree. A, a great defensive tackle, which, like I said, there were tons of them that could stop the run, could disrupt, do things, get them off the field quicker, not let the other team dominate the clock, get, keep Aaron Rodgers off the field, and another wide receiver to go along with Devontae Adams. Yes, I think it would have made a huge difference in their team. They could have kept building that way. And you're talking about, you know, you're saying – the, down down the line, and and again, what was your main point about Jordan Love? Go and get him now because you're thinking three and four years down the road. Yes, I mean, man, the NFL is about now. You know, in three years, the general manager and, so, and so, Matt Lafleur so, might both be they both might be uh, fired by then. We don't know. So. Okay, so so so, but by and look, and Aaron Rodgers was a better prospect. I'm not going to challenge you on that. But then, by by that, look, they were good when they drafted. Aaron Rodgers, and they had Brett Favre. And even yes. when Brett Favre walked away, that was an NFC Championship game yes. uh, team that he he walked away from before he retired and then ultimately ended up with the Jets. 
So if we use history as our guide, look, teams, even though it was a different general manager with Ron Wolf, it's still the same idea. How do we get in this position to begin with? We, we, we drafted a guy that we evaluated as a potential replacement for a 35-year-old quarterback who right. did sign. Look, if it's a little sign of age this year, a little bit more next year, a little bit more the year after that. And look, what's, what's the, the best thing that could happen for Aaron Rodgers is he plays great, and they trade Jordan Love, and they get a first-round draft pick in return. Well, you know what I would say to that? If you're looking for your franchise quarterback, you know, go get him when you need him. And you don't always have to go get the guy in the draft. You can trade to get somebody to keep it going, whatever. They're sitting out there and whatever. So uh, I don't agree. Listen, it's everybody makes the comparison to Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Look, it's a, it's a new world now. This The NFL is now, and we see it. It's every week, and we judge it half by half and everything. And uh, so... I'm just coming from that standpoint, knowing, you know, when you're close, you got to almost not, not, not gamble, but you got to take those chances to go win when you think you're close, and just not to not to help him, and really not to help their defensive front. Um, I think were two mistakes, and you know, Jordan Love, I wish him well. I hope he plays great when he gets the chance, but I'm not looking at my football team three and four years down the road. I'm looking for this year, next year, whatever after that, you know, we'll see what happens because that's the league. That's the way I think the league is, Doug. Is two of the answer to Miami's uh, perpetual search for the next Dan Marino? Oh, my God. Well, you know, they probably had the guy down there, but, uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill, injuries, this, nobody was happy, and we saw what he turned out to be. A big, he was a franchise looking quarterback last year, but Tua, you know, it'll be interesting. Um, it's. He can be the guy to make everybody happy because he can get rid of the football. He's extremely accurate with it when he throws it. Does he have an overpowering arm? No. It's just it's probably in the middle of the road by NFL standards, at, you know, somewhere in there. Uh, I worry about his size a little bit. I think at times in college he played, he played small, can get engulfed too easy. But it's, it's really not up to Tua, Doug, and you know that. It's about... The head coach, Brian Flores, in the front office, can they put the right pieces around him? And, of course, they'll try to emulate as much as they saw Alabama do with him. Of course, you try to emulate a lot of those things in the pros to, to show off his talents. Phil, it was great to catch up with you. I'm so happy that you're healthy. We get to talk with your son a lot, too, obviously. Well, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> apple trees make apples. I just just so you know that apple trees no, make apples. No, it's fine. Hey, listen, I, I I'm a big fan of my son's. Believe it or not, I mean I am. I think he speaks the truth and he knows what he's talking about. So sometimes I learn from something from him too. But Doug, great talking to you, and uh, don't be afraid to call me. I'm I, always I, ready. I I will never be afraid to call you, and I appreciate all right, your man. checks all the time. Okay, thanks, thanks so much, Phil, Phil Sims, okay. joining us, the Super Bowl champion, two times over Super Bowl champion, quarterback, course, long time NFL analyst with uh, CBS Sports. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. The truth about a controversial story in sports, I'll share it with you next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. We talked a lot about the flu game on Friday. We talked about it some yesterday. Flu game, obviously, game five, NBA Finals 1997. Jordan, the Bulls on the road. And, uh, you know, for the longest time, um, I, I think America, or at least basketball America, thought of it as the flu game because, well, we thought he had the flu. He looked like it was reported as flu-like symptoms. During the final episode, or the no, excuse me, the episode nine of the Last Dance, turns out it wasn't the flu. Allegedly, Tim Grover, his trainer, said it's food poisoning. He ordered a pizza. He was the only one who ate the pizza, and apparently, the pizza caused him to throw up and uh, and look like he was at death's door when he dropped thirty eight points on the Utah Jazz in the NBA Finals. Let's get to what the Fox said. And now. <laughs> So I brought this up on Colin's show yesterday. Do you believe the story that Tim Grover told the world? My answer is no. There's a lot of holes to the story, which just don't make sense. This morning in the herd, the alleged pizza man, Craig fight joined the show to share his story in the alleged pizza gate. I was not on the phone call. What was happening was the driver had gotten the phone call. He was taking it. So when the call came at night, the driver kind of waved at me and pointed down because he knew I was a Bulls fan. He 
pointed down at it, finished the call, and he says, hey, I think it's I think it's the Bulls, uh, which over to the Marriott. He goes, I don't know who it was. We didn't know it was a player or anything along those lines, but that's what was happening. It was funny. I, I happened to make the joke. I was like, I need to take care of this because, you know, and, and joke in manner, mind you. I was said, I got to make this pizza. I don't trust any of you guys. You're all jazz fans. You all do something to this pizza. So I went ahead and made the pizza. I can't remember the individual I was with, but I had him take me over because it was my first delivery. So it's not abnormal, if you will, to have two people go to a delivery at once just to watch the, you know, to learn the process. But let's be honest, we we went hoping that obviously you're going over to the Marriott. You'd hope you meet the Bulls or beat some of the Bulls or whatever was going to happen. They announced that he had flu-like symptoms or whatever, and that he got sick. I actually got a phone call. Uh, they were just, they were giving me a hard time about, you know, thanking me. Hey, way to go. Way to try and uh, get Michael sick so the Jazz can win. Great job. But I was like, oh, no way. I didn't do that. No way. I took care. In fact, I even geeked out and watched the pizza being made to make sure it was, it didn't puff up or make a bad pizza. You know, I wanted to, wanted to help the Bulls there, not lose it for them or make them sick. So here's the question. What do we think now? I think part of the allure to it is whether he was hungover, it was food poisoning, or it's just the old classic, you know, one day virus that kind of goes through you. You could see that Jordan wasn't feeling well and somehow he pushed through, right? But now I'm kind of intrigued. Is the whole story made up? You know, the whole story made up? What else was going on in that room when Jordan was having pizza that didn't mix well with the pizza? Or was it just bad pizza? And while Craig Fight can say nobody else got sick, doesn't matter. All he needs is one bad pepperoni. On the other hand, like, would pepperoni be bad going through the process of being cooked? Right? Like, you get cooked. If it gets cooked, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it could still be bad, but it would smell. But I don't know. Like, the, the whole thing strikes me as a little bit odd that I, I haven't heard of anybody else getting violently ill from a pizza. I'm not saying it can't, but one person getting ill from pizza that who knows I, i've never believed that somebody intentionally spiked a pizza the likelihood of that is so remote this is not a spy movie it's not tom clancy writing some novel you know it's not 007 this is a guy in a hotel room popping up sick but i think we're no closer to clarity on what actually happened today than we were at the time in 1998 what do you think now, Brian Music? I still think that he probably got some form of food poisoning from the pizza. Why did that? Why did Tim Grover say five guys showed up? I don't know. <laughs> it is the that's probably the most oddest, weirdest part about it. And like, if the story of, is just simple, like he ate a pizza, he got sick from the pizza. Why isn't that? Why isn't that the story? Yes, uh, uh, buyer. I when he said I had a strange feeling about this pizza, I'm like, what? The, and, <laughs> Who has that? I don't know. I think it's garbage. I'm with, yeah. I don't think it was the pizza. I don't think it was the pizza either. I don't think it was the pizza either. Adam Kaplan shows the show coming next. NFL insider for Sirius XM. What does he think of the adjustment to the Rooney rule? Will it change things? And what will the season look like? Find out next on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day, Doug Gottlieb Show. Coming uh, to you live from Southern, sunny Southern California. TJ Hushmanzad will join us in 25 minutes. Get his take on the last dance. 
Uh, his thoughts on how the NFL will be different if, you know, we haven't really had OTAs, things pushed back, but it feels like the NFL season could be the same. I don't know. I think, well, let's get to Adam Kaplan. Um, he's kind enough to spend some time with us. Adam Kaplan, of course, NFL insider, Sirius XM, uh, NFL radio. A- Adam, um, the, these teams are permitted to reopen their facilities starting today. They're not all opening their facilities. I, I don't know how you feel. I like the fact that they are operating with the assumption that somebody's going to get sick and they're just going to have to treat them instead of uh, some people's plan, which is the put it off as long as you can so that you eliminate the possibility of sickness. What, what's your take on the NFL's uh, operations or the ability to operate relatively normally um, starting today? Yeah, so Doug, the way that the league is doing it is, is, is this. The, whatever state allows their people to go back to work, well, then the NFL team has a plan, not all of them, but a, a, some of the teams are going back to work very limited between 15 and 75 people, non-football personnel. And then that's phase one. They'll see how everyone does. Hopefully nobody gets ill. And if not, they move on to phase two, which could be more people. And eventually, football people. Coaches are not allowed in yet. Coaches at some point, hopefully within the next four to six weeks, with players. And if all that goes well, then we have training camps, hopefully at the end of July, early August, like we normally would. So it's kind of what you were, you were saying earlier, like look, the league is going forward here. You know, the good, good, here's what I do like. The NFL has thought about this. Remember when a lot of people complained about having the draft? They were correct. We, you could absolutely hold a draft at home. The, the, the GMs were able to do it at home. Coaches were able to do it at home. They did that. Uh, there, I'm, I've talked to a lot of coaches and executives over the last two weeks for the virtual programs that they're having now for, for off-season practices. Uh, it's a little different way to do it, and some coaches said that, look, they, they've learned some stuff that they normally wouldn't have done. They would not have this amount of classroom time, so they're doing that. So there is some positivity with this. This is not really ideal, but uh, they've gone through it. Now they, now they could take some stuff out of it, and again, they're going through this phase one, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, Tom Brady already in Tampa, already working out with his guys. What, what, what do people in the league think of the likelihood of success with a marriage of two very different styles. Bruce Arians, right? No no risk it, no biscuit. And right. Tom Brady, who's been so conservative in their approach over the past really, really decade in New England. Doug, what's interesting about this situation is you know, some people would not Brady, not for having a great arm. But it, I would say this. If you look at the personnel he's had over the years, obviously to, Randy Moss is an elite athlete going downfield. He has not had a lot of great deep threats, uh, since, particularly since... Moss moved on, so they're going to throw the ball out. This is what they believe. They have two elite receivers in Chris Godwin, who had a breakout season, and Mike Evans. Uh, they're very deep at tight end. No team is deeper at the tight end position than the Bucks are, and they're good, that it's still going to be a passing offense. That's not going to change. Uh, what, what's going to change is the personnel that they have around them. One of the things that frustrated Brady, according to people I spoke with last season, is a lack of help that he got uh, around him at, at, at receiver, but particularly tight end. He didn't have a starting quality tight end last season. Well, now he's got a minimum of two, and you could say actually three with, uh, uh, obviously, O.J. Howard. But now he's got his guy Gronk back for at least this season. This is going to be a fascinating situation when you, when you look at the marriage of, of Brady and Arians because of just the philosophy of, of how Bruce calls a game. But Byron Leftwich is the guy who's going to actually call it. But what's going to be fascinating is, 
to kind of see what type of plays they're going to call with Brady, who turns 43 this summer. Yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I thought, was really honest last week. And he said, hey, look, you know, um, I'd like it to make their decision and their timeline more difficult, them being the, the, the front office. Um, I, I, I really believe that. I think that, that he, his approach was one of, of honesty in that he didn't love it. He didn't try and act like he loved the, the pick, but he also isn't going to treat Jordan Love poorly. It really makes sense to me, now that we've all kind of taken a breath and realized what the why the Packers chose to stay true to their board. How does it sit with you that Jordan Love was the first round pick of the of the Green Bay Packers? Number one, I was not surprised. Uh, I'll be I'm going to be just flat out honest with you. I was not surprised because what I've learned, and this is my 21st year of covering the National Football League, you have to be careful of how late you dra- how long you wait to draft the successor to your starting quarterback. Uh, in 05, when they did it, when uh, ironically when it was Rodgers being drafted, which was really by the way not their plan going into the draft. Whereas Jordan Love uh, was really their plan to, to, to get him within the first two rounds. They made a decision not to wait for him in the second round because they were picking back of the round. They drafted him late in the first round. Uh, but what's going to be fascinating to see here is, look, they, they, made a very, they made a deep playoff run despite the issues that the, the offense had, particularly at wide receiver. If they make another deep playoff run, how in the world is Aaron Rodgers not their starter in 2021? Now, the thought around the league is that you're gonna, you're gonna have, the Packers are going to have to take a long look after Jordan Love's second year. That's kind of the thinking around the league is that this is a two-year situation. If Love's ready, he's going to be the guy, and obviously they'll trade Aaron Rodgers, who then will turn 39 that season. So you've you got to be careful with the age. Uh, very few players play at this, this stage late in their 30s and starting. That, that's kind of the, the reason why the Packers did this. Yeah, and it, it feels weird, though, that Aaron Rodgers, I, I know it's, it's, it's in vogue to say you want to play in your 40s, he feels like a guy who, though he still wants to accomplish winning another Super Bowl, I think there's other things he wants to accomplish in life. And I, I kind of feel like playing into your 40s goes counter to how he may really feel. Is that fair? I, I don't, I've not heard that from talking to people who know him. I, I just think he feels like there's a lot of football left in him, and he's still playing at a very high level. Now, last season, the belief around the league was that they just had really had problems at the wide receiver position. They had no one who could stretch the field. Uh, now, what they've done is, now you're going to see this a lot this season, Matt LaFleur, their head coach, clearly wants to rein things in. They're going to go with a lot of two tight end sets, two receivers. They drafted, don't forget, A.J. Dillon. That was, that was a surprise, running back from Boston College in the yeah. second round. And they already have Aaron Jones, who had 19 combined touchdowns last season. They're going to be a run-based offense. This is going to be a very conservative offense, but here's the problem. You saw the game against the Niners in the playoffs when they got blown out. Their run defense was horrendous. That, that to me, is where the, the Packers have to get better on the defensive side of the football, particularly up the middle. Yeah, that, that's, Phil Sims joined us earlier, and he's like, I can't believe they didn't draft a defensive tackle. Everybody's talking exactly. wide receiver. I can't yeah. believe they didn't draft a defensive tackle. But I guess that kind of their theme was they stayed true to whatever their board said, uh, you know, e- even if it meant drafting an A.J. Dillon instead of drafting a defensive tackle in the, in the second round, let alone in the first round when there were some uh, top quality guys available. Adam Kaplan joining us, uh, Sirius XM NFL Insider. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Y- obviously, Joe Burrow, you would think, starts day one. What, right. a- what about Tua? How do they handle him in Miami? Yeah, this one, the belief around the league is that Tua is more ready than uh, Justin Herbert because of the system that Tua played in at Alabama, more of a pro, pro system. Uh, so, 
if you look at, if you compare him to Herbert, I think there's a realistic chance that Tua starts early in the season, but you can't say week one until they have a training camp. They, have to see, they just have to see the learning process. How well can he pick up their offense? Uh, under Chan Gailey, by the way, who's a veteran coach, who's worked with a lot of young quarterbacks over the years, a lot of veterans. It's funny that he's reunited with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who he coached with the Bills. But the fact of the matter is they're in good hands here with Gailey, who basically came out of retirement to work for Brian Flores. And I like this. I like this. Chan's a good developer of quarterbacks, worked with Trey Aikman many, many years ago in Dallas. I look forward to seeing how this works. But to answer your question, Tua is way more ready than Herbert, and I expect him to start early on during the regular season. Um, the, the Herbert thing is is fascinating, obviously, because you know he, he was kind of third in line. To Rod Taylor, do you think he starts the whole year? He will start week one, barring a major surprise. And he, here's the thing: one thing you're going you're gonna to watch here is what type of offense they run under Taylor. And obviously, Herbert's very athletic. They're gonna, this is going to be a very conservative offense in terms of how their belief. This is going to be a run first offense. They're going to get Tyrod Taylor running the football. They're going to run a little bit of a version of uh, Baltimore system, and. You know what, this will actually help Herbert get acclimated because they're not going to ask Herbert. Herbert will definitely start the season, but it's highly unlikely it'll be week one. I think somewhere around midseason. The one concern that personal people around the league have is their offensive line with the Chargers. That that one has got to be rebuilt a little bit. Uh, they did make the trade with, with the Panthers to bring in guard Trey Turner. Uh, Brian Balaga is their left tackle who's in the twilight of his career. You get concerned a little bit, but... This is, when folks watch the Chargers this season, this is going to be a very much run-based offense. Uh, Adam Kaplan joining us, Sirius XM NFL Insider, Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Cam Newton, he just sit and wait and hope, hopes to hope the right guy gets hurt? You know, look, here's the way the league sees the situation. Had Cam signed before the, before the draft, I think he would have had a chance to compete for a starting job. Right now, because... Herbert went to the Chargers because I, I, I thought I, the, there was a very strong belief if the Chargers did not draft a quarterback in the first round that that would have been his t- the team that he might have signed with. Forget it now because Tyrod Taylor starting and at least they go with the, the, the belief that Tyrod will start early and then Herbert comes in later on. There's really not a scenario where he goes in, he could compete for a starting job right now. And Yeah, there, there are some jobs where he could come and compete for the number two job. But I like your scenario. It, he might be better off waiting if he wants to have a chance it could be for a starting job because there simply are not any right now other than New England. And, and they don't seem, based on what I've heard, they don't seem inclined to get involved with Simon Cam. What, what, what do people around the league think of what New England's trying to do? Surprising. Uh, very surprising because if you really look at their situation, they did, not, they did not draft a quarterback. They signed two undrafted free agents. Brian Lewerke is a kid who's got a lot of ability. Some teams I talked to had a draftable grade from him, with him. He's from Michigan State. He's got a good arm. He's got some ability. Uh, but you know Brian Hoyer, who Brian, Brian and I were texting, as soon as he signed, he said, uh, your third time's a charm. Yeah, not only is it the charm, he doesn't have to compete against Tom Brady. So I think he's got a realistic shot. on it. My pick would be Hoyer to win that job. Jared Stidham, though, was a guy that Josh McDaniels really liked last year in the draft, who was their fourth-round pick. To me, it's a, it's a two-horse race. And what they'll do is they'll evaluate it if it's not going well. Once they open training camp, they could always bring in another veteran quarterback. Awesome stuff. Adam, great work as always. Hope you and your family are safe and healthy, and thanks for joining us. Thank you.
All right, Adam Kaplan joining us, NFL Insider Series, XM NFL Radio. The NFL did a lot of, uh, the NFL had a lot of great reasons. One of those reasons you saw earlier today. I'll tell you what that is next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Jim Trotter's a good dude, good reporter, works for the NFL Network. He reported Tuesday, that's today, that the NFL owners tabled the resolution that would give teams enhanced draft stock for hiring minority candidates. It's not just head coaches, uh, primary football executives like a general manager or a uh, director of football operations, and of course, also as a uh, quarterback coach, per source informing the decision. The decision to table the vote is generally a move owners employ when a proposal doesn't have enough support. The resolution could be reworked before going back to a vote at a later date. Now, what has apparently happened is the Rooney Rule has not been done away with. Instead, it's been expanded to where instead of bringing in one minority candidate for a head coaching job, you have to bring in two. And And look... My thing is always intent. What is your intent? And sometimes intent is hard to evaluate. Sometimes it's hard to sit in a studio and say, hey, I know what that guy was thinking. I know what this guy was thinking, right? That's a hard thing to do. But I think we can all understand that with the, the lack, the paucity, frankly, of black head coaches, quarterback coaches, general managers in the league, the NFL's sole intent was, hey, we got to fix this thing. And though they didn't get the support, they got the attention that they wanted. Right? That's what they wanted to say. Like, look, this is just, not is not acceptable. It looks terrible. It looks terrible. I, I'm, I'm fully reasonable and understanding that you want to have the best possible candidate. There have been good there have been good black head coaches, bad black head coaches. There have been good white coaches, bad white head coaches. There have been good, like, I truly, honestly don't think, don't believe that people see race, especially in a general manager or in a head coach. In today's NFL, don't think it's seen. But, but you have to increase the size of the pool because one of the things that really hurts African-American candidates is when you go like, I really like somebody who's done it before, right? Really like somebody who's done it before, who's been a general manager before, who's been a head coach before. And if we have 50 years working against us where the numbers have been low, like just the math doesn't work. The second you say you need head coaching experience to be a head coach in our for us, well, you know, you got like a 10 to one ratio of white coaches to black coaches just based upon the numbers historically. Same thing with general manager. But you, I also, and I look, the NFL is doing some good things. They have uh minority internship coaching positions. It's just the idea of let, let's get more people in the building of color and allow them to be part of the discussion, allow them to be part of the football fit. Cause that's what happens. Right. That's what we saw with Sean McVay, right? Sean McVay does well. And then anybody who ever bumped shoulders with Sean McVay last off season, got a job. That's what happened. And I think, you know, th- there is a pushback on why everybody attached to 
Andy Reid gets a job except Eric Bieniemy. Now, I can tell you from somebody I know who hired a head coach, Eric Bieniemy does not have a great reputation at this point in time as a potential head coach. He didn't get offered, wasn't a finalist for his alma mater at Colorado. He'd been there before, not just as a player, but as a coach during, you know, during some tough times. But he was the offensive coordinator. Granted, didn't call plays. Was the offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs who just won the Super Bowl. How can he not get a gig when there's all these gigs open? This is a reaction, not just to that, but of other hirings to where you're just like, you couldn't find one person of color who would have made sense? I mean, look, the Cowboys are a perfect example, right? The Cowboys, when they hired Jason Garrett, he had never been a head coach before. If you're going to replace Jason Garrett because he hasn't won in the postseason, you're replacing with somebody who's not only coached before, but won in the postseason. The numbers of those people of color are almost non-existent. Tony Dungy and who else? Marvin Lewis has been in the postseason, never won a game in the postseason. Right of, of the guys out of a job on the market. So there is the math has worked against black coaches, black coordinators for years. I do think that is ultimately going to change just like it's changed at the quarterback position where it's like best man up. And now we have the, we have years and volumes of African-American quarterbacks. Some have made it, you know, the, the cams, the Lamar's, the Russell Wilsons, the Pat Mahomes, some have not. Vince Young was a one-hit wonder and then and then washed out of the league. Obviously, you know about Jamarcus Russell. Been plenty. There have been plenty of white quarterbacks that have succeeded that have washed out of the league. Like we've we've gotten past that. That's what we need to do it at coach. And I think what the NFL is doing, what everybody hated what they proposed, because like, really, you're gonna give them draft picks? On the other hand, it was them sending a signal to all the front office in the league, like, Listen, we're not going to do this time. We don't have the support this time. But if you don't fix it, we're going to figure it out because it looks terrible. We are legit trying. We hear you. We hear you. Just trying to come up with something, spitballing ideas. This might not have been a good one, but we'll figure it out. If if, if you don't figure out a way to to pay more attention to the Rooney Rule, give it more respect, and we got we to gotta make these numbers make more sense. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. All right, my man T.J. Hushmanzada joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, T.J., I'm supposed to talk NFL with you because you were a baller in the NFL. But but what I love talking with you is you've been – now, you've, have you been – were you a Jordan guy? You a Kobe guy? Like, I feel like you're a Kobe guy. I'm a Laker fan, so obviously I'm a Kobe guy, but I I wouldn't say that I'm not a Jordan guy. Growing up, I was a Laker fan, so I didn't really like the Bulls. All my buddies growing up loved the Bulls, and so I appreciate greatness. So um, did I like Michael Jordan when he was playing? Not really, because I was a Laker fan and he was beating us. But do I appreciate how great he was and Watching his last dance just kind of reinforced. Like when I was younger, I thought Michael Jordan never missed a shot. It seemed like he made every shot that he took. But I'm not a this guy or that guy. I'm a Laker fan. If you play for the Lakers, I'm rolling with you. Um, okay, so what do you think of Jordan and how he how he handled himself with his teammates at the time? How he settled some old scores in this this documentary? What do you think of Michael Jordan today? 
I mean, I don't think any did. Like the thing with Jordan is, if people, you know, people get into this comparison with with Jordan and LeBron, and I don't know if anybody has said this or not, and you can correct me. Number one, Jordan has always had a chip on his shoulder because he wasn't very highly thought of coming out of high school. When you get cut as a sophomore, LeBron's a sophomore in high school. He's the number one player in the country. And so LeBron has always had fanfare and everybody thinking he was going to be the greatest and be this and that. Jordan had to work and earn it, so he's always had a chip on his shoulder and he took it with took it with him to the league, and so I can't fault him for that because he's always had to prove himself, or at least he made himself believe he's always had to prove himself. And so, him and LeBron, it was just different mentalities. LeBron was living up to expectations, and Michael Jordan was trying to just meet expectations and exceed them. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, T.J. Hushpanzada joining us. Um, I tried to. Did you just flush the toilet on me? No, no, that's my son. I'm sitting right here. Okay, I just want to make just want to make sure that you didn't flush your toilet on me. I love you. Nah, I mean, if you're, if you're I'm if you're, sitting in the bed. Okay. See, when you live when you're living in a smaller apartment until your house is done, man, everything is uh, right next to each other. Well, listen, if the house wasn't so big that you had, you know you had to have five teams of workers rotating, you know, taking <laughs> taking turns yeah. with SoFi Stadium, then yeah, um, man, for real, huh? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, okay. So, w- what about see? Look for me. I see the trash talk, and I'm like, that's how guys are. in the Now, maybe not everybody is in that way, but the locker rooms I remember during my career, that was much more normal. And I do think that guys today, like you go on a golf course and guys talk trash, talk ish to each other all the time. So, some have said like, hey, he's, a, he's just a bully. He, say, he goes places you shouldn't go. What's your take on the trash talk? Man, that's. Man, that's par for the course, you know. You know, no pun intended. Talking about the golf course, that's that's just what it is, man. When you're in practice and you're doing anything competitive, you gonna talk trash because number one, you hope it brings out the best of the person that you're talking trash to, which in turn is gonna make them play harder. But it's gonna bring the best out in you too because now they turned it up a notch. And so for me. I don't mind the trash talking. That's not bullying, man. Like, Steve Kerr hit Jordan first. Like, how am I bullying you when you punch me first and I hit you back? That ain't a dying bullying you. Now, am I going overboard because I'm Michael Jordan? This trash talk? No, you can talk the same amount of trash. It's just I can back mine up better than you can back yours up. That's all that is. Yeah, yeah. Pretty baller move. I, I, I wish he hadn't come back and play with the Wizards because that's a baller move. You end your career hitting the game-winning shot to win the NBA championship. That's that's about as baller move as it, as, it, as it goes. Man, Michael Jordan is and will be. Like, in my it's always – it's very, very subjective of who's the greatest of all time. And it's – whoever you think it may be, that's who it is. My generation will probably say – Jordan, the younger generation will probably say LeBron. Guys that are playing in NBA now might say Kobe. And so it's so subjective, and that's what makes sports so beautiful. Everybody will always have a different opinion on who they believe is the GOAT. TJ Ushmanzada, Pro Bowl wide receiver, joining us, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. You hopping onto IG and settling debates between Devontae Parker and uh, Michael Thomas? Man, dude. dude, the crazy thing is. I just made a comment, 
And I'm the type, as long as guys are being respectful, I'll go back and forth with them. As soon as they start talking trash and it's over the computer, I don't like that because I start to get angry and I just stop. Um, but yeah, it was, I was just voicing an opinion. I, people, you know, when Michael Thomas, oh, all this, he runs slant routes, oh, he gets every ball thrown to him. Just think about what you just said. If all he does is run slant routes and every ball is thrown to him and you still can't stop him, that's, he's really good at what he's doing. Now, Gilmore, when you do comparisons, Doug, it's always like you're putting the guy down that you don't shoot. Gilmore is an animal. He's a beast. But when you play in Bill Belichick's defense, and you're you're going to get help at times. It's just a different it's a different dynamic. And yeah, Mike Thomas has Drew Brees throwing to him, but Mike Thomas has done things that we've never seen a receiver do in a short time he's been in the league. And so that's why my opinion is what Gilmore didn't come into the league doing what Mike Thomas is doing right now. You Mike are, Thomas came into the league and set it off right away. What do you think of what the Packers did drafting Jordan Love? We haven't talked since. Man, that was that was interesting. I would have liked to see them draft the receiver um, to play across from Devontae Adams. That was that's an interesting move. It's just basically showing you now. I believe Aaron Rodgers will play two to three more years maximum in Green Bay. Kind of just what uh, happened with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. It's, it's going to happen to Aaron Rodgers now, and so that he won't play more than three years in Green Bay. They'll get Jordan Love ready to go, and Aaron Rodgers will finish career somewhere else. You, you know, it's interesting, though. It, something you said, and uh, T.J. Hushman's our, our guest on the Doug Gottlieb Show, he, he hopped into this debate um, that NFL on Fox's Instagram account had, which is what would, what's, like, what's harder to do, stop Mike Thomas from catching a ball or catch a ball when Stephon Gilmore's covering you. And as you said, like, look, if you choose one side, it's somehow seen as putting down the other, which is not. Gilmore's a beast. Thomas is a beast. You got to pick one. It's not really defaming the other to pick one. Um, right. On the other hand, aren't you doing that to the Packers wide receivers if you draft a wide receiver? Like, right? Like, you got, you, you have Lazard, you have uh, a couple other young wide receivers, uh, Valdez Scantling. Um, y- you have some young guys that you want to develop. Aren't you putting. Couldn't the Packers be saying, like, look, we actually believe in our young guys. We don't have to go out and reach for a need when there wasn't a top wide receiver available. You can say that, but the quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. If you look at it, he doesn't feel comfortable throwing the ball to anyone else. So, Do you think he's going to feel comfortable throwing to a rookie wide receiver in those situations? If if he can create separation and get open. when the If you just look at it, he... He's either going to throw the ball to Devontae Adams at tight end, shake it down to the back, or he's going to throw it. He doesn't feel comfortable doing it. And so the coaches can think, oh, we got guys we can work with. We got guys that can get it done. If the guy that's throwing the ball to him doesn't think that's the case, does it really matter? Now, that can change. It hurts that there's no OTAs, maybe no training counts, whatever it may be. But the offseason could have probably changed that perspective but if Aaron Rodgers doesn't think that that's the case, it doesn't matter what the coach because he's the one pulling the trigger every play. I haven't, and so that's can, what I think. I haven't asked you about Connor, uh, about uh, Christian McCaffrey's contract. Um, oh, man. I mean, look, he's a bad boy, right? I mean, he can line up out wide. He can catch it out of the backfield. Uh, he's shown the ability to stay healthy when running between the tackles. But, but we've also seen all of these other running backs, when they get that second contract, kind of fall apart. What do you think of McCaffrey 
uh, and the juxtaposition of him versus the other big other big contract running backs in the NFL? Number one, they they had to do it. When you lose uh, your defensive captain, captain and Luke Keekley, you lose your offensive captain and Cam Newton. You had to make somebody the face of the franchise, and that contract was saying Christian McCaffrey is going to be the face of the franchise because we just lost Keek, we just lost Keekley, and we just lost uh, Cam Newton. Now that that that's what I think would happen with that. On the other hand, I don't believe he's going to break down. He's still very young. Yes, he had a lot of touches. The game is very different. Practice is very different. Guys aren't getting run into the dirt and being worn out during the week of practice. You can barely hit guys. And so he'll play three, four, five more years at a very, very high level. And I, I'm not of the I – don't, I don't agree with, oh, the running back position is deval. Guys like Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Le'Veon Bell, if in the right situation, Ezekiel Elliott, Todd, if those guys are put in advantageous situations, they're going to perform. Simple as that. TJ Hushmanzada. TJ, great stuff, man. Uh, good luck on the, the construction of, uh, of the TJ Dome. We appreciate you joining us on the Doug Gottlieb <laughs> Show. Hi, Doug. I appreciate it, man. Keep up the great work, brother. All right, thanks. TJ, who's going to come and teach my son to be a wide receiver sometime very soon. One former Bulls teammate has some harsh words for MJ. We'll share them with you next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Let's get to the press. The press. Tom Telesco, general manager of the Chargers, will join us tomorrow on the show. Tomorrow on the show. Dan Byer, what do you have, my friend? Byer. There. <laughs> what was the that microphone. <laughs> Turn the microphone on. Uh, John Ramos back in the game. He's on a five-second delay. Uh, let's hear more from former Bulls forward Horace Grant. He was on ESPN 1000 in Chicago today. Waited on a few topics, Doug. Here is Horace on his thoughts on this being a documentary. When that so-called documentary is, is about one person, basically, and he has the last word on what's going to be put out there, it's not a documentary. It's his narrative of what happened in the last quote-unquote dance. Okay. All I, right. I, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think anybody's challenging him on that, are we? No. No, but I don't think that other Bulls players are coming out and saying this. So <laughs> no, I mean, I, I look. I think it's accurate. I think there's a, it's somewhere in between pure entertainment and documentary. I don't think that. I mean, like, look, they they went to most of the places that you got to go. Did they get full perspective on it? Probably not. Um, you know, it it wasn't totally about him. They did do backstories on all the important players. So. You know, obviously he's bitter because Jordan called him a snitch. That's really what he's mad about. Well, Horace weighed in on uh, Scottie Pippen's portrayal in the documentary. I have never seen, quote-unquote, a number two guy as decorated as Scottie Pippen portrayed so badly in terms of the migraine, in terms of the 1.6 or 7 seconds. Selfish. I, I have never seen this in all of my life. Did he have a migraine that caused him to barely play against the Pistons in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals? 
Yeah, I think he did. Did he take himself out of the game when the play wasn't run for him with 1.6 seconds to go? Yes. Did he say on the documentary 26 years later that uh, though he wished it didn't happen, if he had to, he would do it again? Yes. Okay. Hort- so I'm I'm not really sure. And in terms of like documentary, they just documented what happened, and then they asked him what happened, and he said he owned it and said he'd do it again. Hor- I don't know what people want. Horace's <laughs> argument was that that they had dealt with it as a team um, at that time. Yes, in '94, which, which it said at the time they talked about that, and that Jordan wasn't a part of that team. Okay, so. Jordan didn't comment on it. I mean, obviously he knew it happened, but that's all part of the story, right? That's part of the story. And you can say what you want about what Jordan shouldn't have said, shouldn't have said that Scotty was selfish for not having surgery till right before the season started, but he was selfish. And look, fault Jordan all you want, but that's how he felt. Like that's again, a true documentary. Present the facts. How did you feel at the time? I thought he was selfish. My issue with the documentary was their trivia questions only gave you a half a second to answer them. They were way too quick. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Damn. What's that about? I, time is tight. Uh, who's buried in Grant's tomb? Grant. Um, speaking of Grant, here's one more on uh, the practices that Michael Jordan had. That was heartbreaking to see a leader to go at those guys like that. I mean, I understand... In terms of practicing, you know, you get, you know, you have a push and shove here and there, but outright punching and things of that nature and calling them uh, the B's and the H's, you know, that wasn't called for. I, I think Horace Grant is doing more damage to himself. Like, <laughs> what, what sport did he play? What sport did he play? Roger that. I, I, you know. That's why he. That's why he didn't get the next contract. No doubt in my mind. They probably should ask Jordan that. Did you? Did they ask you if you want to keep Horace Grant? No. <laughs> uh, I can't believe there's punching. Like what practice? I've. I, again, I've. I've been. I was on basketball teams. Uh, actually, for my fresh year in high school, probably right. So, one, two, three, four. Then four in college, and then I was on. Couple USBL te- like I was. I've never been on a team where there wasn't a pie, a, a legit fight in practice. Little trivia for your gu- for you guys. Do what, I have like five seconds? What to was the, what was the final? <laughs> what was the final NBA team that Horace Grant played for? Lakers. It was the Lakers. So good job, guys. Good try. <laughs> he played Very for good. the Lakers. Uh, the NFL, <laughs> in addition to what you talked about a little while ago, by the way, it's Phil Jackson bringing in one of his guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> Twice oh. looking at the stats. He was also on the uh 2000 2001 team. Two. The uh, NFL passed uh didn't pass that uh improved draft pick resolution for minority head coaches and GMs, but they did pass a resolution that won't allow teams to block assistance from interviewing for another team's coordinator position. So you've got that. I didn't even realize that teams were doing that. That's kind well, of, if you're under contract, technically yeah. you can't. I know. Yeah. That's uh too bad. Belmont Stakes going to take place on Saturday, June 20th, Doug. First time in history that the race will be first in the Triple Crown order. Originally scheduled for June 6th, the race will also be shortened from a mile and a half to a mile and an eighth. That's a, that's an, I don't think people understand how big a change it is. You know, they will say, like, having the Masters in the fall is going to be different, different course, 
to have the Belmont Stakes, which is the last one, but also the longest one, may completely completely changes the makeup of the three races. They said, and I did do look at some more research, and it found out that I was correct that because it's the first race that they didn't want to have them run, right. have the three-year-olds run a mile and a half. You have the Derby coming up in September, Preakness uh, in October. UCLA officially announced the hiring of new athletic director Martin Jarman, 40-year-old, receives a six-year contract, averaging $1.4 million annually, taking over for the retiring Dan Guerrero. Wow, that's a heck of a job. He's for a hooper. Uh, was at Michigan State, Ohio State, before being the AD at, at Boston College. Interesting hire for the Bruins. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. So, so, so look, the, the Rooney rule has been adjusted. And I can tell you that interviewing two African-American head coaches, coaching prospects is a good thing. There is no downside to it. Does that mean you have to hire black head coaches? Black general managers? No, but what the league is trying to do is say, hey, we got to get a bigger pool of people to interview. And the more you get to know and the more they go through the process, the better they will do. And the more likely is like the stronger likelihood is that the, the numbers will improve. This is a good thing for the NFL. They put the league on notice. These numbers are unacceptable. Okay, these numbers are and. When the ratings are down because the world wants offense, you change the rules. And when you start to worry about how you're perceived in terms of your ratio of minority coaches to white coaches, you change the rules. And that's what they've done. It's Doug Gottlieb Show. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. 
Exclusions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.